Hi guys, Salam Nerds here, and we want to talk to you guys about the floods in Pakistan that have damaged almost a million homes and wiped out entire villages. The flooding in Pakistan is due to climate change. The melting glaciers and torrential rain have caused the death tolls to be in the thousands with more than 33 million people displaced. One third of Pakistan is underwater. This is more than a national emergency, this is a humanitarian catastrophe. This is because the CO2 emissions produced by countries like the UK, the US, Russia, and France. Pakistan does not have the infrastructure to withstand this devastation. Even though Pakistan is one of the lowest producers of GHG at 1%, it is one of the top five worst affected by climate change. We here at Salam Nurse are sending direct links to you guys to Islamic Relief so you can donate. Please donate generously. Welcome to Salam Nerds Podcast. Alright guys, you ready for your first EDM festival? Let's go! Woo! My first, my first EDM festival. Yo, 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 it's the Salam Nerds. My name is Steve, aka Watson Geek, and I'm here my boy Chad. to our supporters please like comment share and subscribe yo 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 salam nerds it's your boy neebs aka watch with neebs and i'm here with my co-host jazz aka the jazz storm trooper <laughs> <laughs> about time you use that one <laughs> yes the jazz storm trooper you know it's like instead of holding a gun he holds like a saxophone mm, yes <laughs> Saxophone. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I used to be able to play that? What? I didn't know you. Ha- I didn't know that. I didn't know you. Could I was a jazz that. musician for a while, actually. <laughs> that would make sense. That would be pretty yeah. much on the nose. <laughs> Middle school, high school, um, jazz band wasn't really a thing, like an actual course, right? Yeah. So we had like you know, nor- you had your symphonic band, you had your varsity band, then your honors band, right? Mm-hmm. And. I was a percussionist for five years, and so we did this, like jazz band, kind of like a club thing in the mornings before like class started. Like you know, you get to school early, you have like any you know thirty minutes to forty five minutes to kill, depending on when the buses got there. Yeah. So we just go to the band hall, and just jam out, and play jazz music. So that's how I became a jazz musician. That's pretty cool. But I got to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I do not have a musical bone in my body. <laughs> that's a lie. Everybody can play. No, I cannot. I actually. I will prove you wrong. I, I did play guitar for a little bit, but I just memorized tabs. I didn't know how to play. That's fine. There's no correct way to play. I feel like I feel like music has to be more than just like memorization and mechanical like steps. No, that's literally what it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yo, know, some people are creative. My niece, I think, is going to be like a musical savant. She's like when she was like two or three years old, she could memorize entire songs in three different languages, like in English, in Spanish. Arabic and Urdu. Mm, okay, yeah, we're gonna need to like get her to a deal with Salam Nerds very quickly. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna invest in her. She's like, she not only does she know the lyric, but she knows the melodies. Like, it's wild. Like, I can't even do that. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. She just we're definitely investing her. She's but uh, like, no, she's in the back seat in a little car, like baby car seat, literally just like spouting verses and bars, like it's nothing. All right then. Yeah, man. Okay. 
invest invest in baby Nora. She will be uh the next star in like twenty forty one. Twenty forty one. Oh God, I forgot how far time is. From... <laughs> I know. I know. Well, listen. Speaking of a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, let's talk about Andor. Uh, what do you mm. think of this episode, man? There's a lot to talk about in this episode, not because the episode moved the plot along, but the Easter eggs they put in here. Really, really. So yeah. I, so I watched this episode literally right before the show so i did not notice as many easter eggs so i didn't get a second watch so this will be fun this will be fun yeah uh <laughs> let's just start off with the episode right uh right, let's start off with the homie cyril being nagged by his mama mm-hmm. and she's telling him what to do and and think pretty much pretty just, <laughs> she's pretty disappointed in him pretty disappointed yeah in she's like hey oh you never called it's like yeah. you never came by either i'm like <laughs> right? oh typical white people family drama <laughs> i know i know i'll be like yeah like brown parents will show up like if right, open, yeah. open invites are real invites to brown oh, no, people. no they're not even invites they will just show up just because they can yeah yeah they're don't like know. oh you have a girl over we're gonna come over right now <laughs> sucks <laughs> don't ever give open invites to brown people because they will show up mm-hmm We'll call, sure. we'll call your For bluff. We'll call your bluff. But uh, what was cool about this scene is that they're continuing the trend with blue food. Oh, interesting. See, yeah. they had that drink, right? Those like blue. Yeah. Uh, you're going to notice this in a lot of Star Wars. They're going to have blue food, and it's just a trope they have. Like, it's not significant anyway, mm. but they just have it there. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Huh. I, didn't, I didn't even catch that. But what uh, what someone else didn't catch were the tattoos on Skeen and how Andor caught those. Okay, okay, okay. So those tattoos are very interesting. Ooh, do tell, do tell. So the first tattoo they talked about was the crate's head, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the crate was? No. Okay, so in The Mandalorian, uh, there was this <laughs> giant creature that was eating uh, the, the cattle on uh i can't remember which planet it was right that's the oh crate. yes the the uh the planet where like the mandalorian like met a girl that he was trying to holler at yes he, but he wouldn't take off his hijab like yeah yes <laughs> yes that one and uh that's where we met that one uh essentially sheriff of that town acting all tough and then he dies it was actually yeah. really sad all right but that creature that was eating up you know like the sandworm yeah dune-esque uh that's a crate and mm-hmm. so they did kill the crate in that episode. And the crate's head tattoo here is a callback to that. But also in one of the prequels, or the original trilogy, there was a uh, a carcass or a fossil of this creature. Mm. So this is a callback to all of that. Wow. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Thanks yeah, for that's that out, what the great set is. And the second tattoo, where they said "by the hand," this reference is one of my favorite characters in the show, and we haven't seen him yet. The hand so of the king. Excited. His <laughs> name is. Uh, yeah, he was technically the hand of this empire, but uh, he, he was called hand of the empire. This is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, oh no way! That's what yeah. He's He's the hand of the Empire, Grand Whoa. Admiral Thrawn. So if you haven't seen Rebels yet, highly recommend watching it. 
I do too. Rebels is awesome. Also, Ezra is uh, brown coated. He's he's one of us. Hundred uh, percent, he is. Yes, and and so is um can a canon, I believe, right? Canon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe even Sabine. I don't know. I feel like a lot of them. I feel like they're all people of Sabine. Color. So Sabine could be like, I want to say Burmese, right? Mm, could be. Could she be. has distinctly Eastern Asian features. Yeah, but she's also a little bit of South Asia, right? And right. right, the Burmese people do cross over there pretty well. So I think mm. she might be Burmese. Well, the new show's coming out, and a lot of them have been casted. So we're going mm-hmm. to find out for 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 real. So speaking of that show, uh, I know they're gonna bring back Harris and Dula. One of her favorite fruits was uh, on this show. Oh. Like you know how they, yeah, like they were just showing things like in the background. The God, I cannot I cannot pronounce it. It's Malorian. The Malorian. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was actually there, and that's one of her favorite fruits. So right, this whole episode was just Easter egg after Easter egg, really? hinting at the past and the present <laughs> and the future even. And they said there wouldn't be any Easter eggs. They lied. Oh, they lied. <laughs> they are dirty liars. This is one hundred percent like nothing but Easter eggs. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk about um, the senator. Um, she's having some Senator beef with her, Yeah, she's having some beef with her kids. Having beef <laughs> with the wife. Feels like nobody likes this poor senator, man. And she's out here trying to defend the empire in in, in a sneaky way. Uh, not not defend the empire, fight against the empire. Right. Uh, Leda Mothma. I mean, <clears throat> she was in the books, and she was like in a small scene in Rebels. Mm. Uh. She's generally more pleasant in the other things than she is here. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But, you know, I think it's just teenage angst. And it's like a, yeah, a really yeah. cool way to show that, you know, Senator Mothma truly is just another mom and just living in another universe. Yeah, like, for sure. They're just like us, essentially. <laughs> it's like those magazines, people magazines. They're just like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's what that scene was. Like, they're just like us. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. Oh, one thing we didn't mention was the mom talking to Cyril and saying, like, hey, we need to talk to your Uncle Harlow, and mm. he's going to put in a good word for you and get you a, a job. A little bit of nepotism going on over there for little Boy Scout. <laughs> um, who's R- Harlow? I don't know. Uh, I don't know who Harlow is. Is he, is he someone special? So Are we supposed to know who he is? Okay, okay, okay. okay. So... <laughs> this is uh i just watched you know what so I don't i'm know gonna anyway. i'm gonna come back to this one next week okay because i'm curious to see where they're gonna take this um i think they're just gonna tie this you know what i'll talk about it next week i'll talk about it next week yeah fair, this, is, this is one of those things like i'm not sure where they're gonna take it they may explain it next week but i have this crazy wild theory that this is just a reference to uh, a video game called Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> but you know what? We'll dive deeper into that next week. That sounds a little far-fetched, but you never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, let's talk about um, how they're talking about oppressors and this fascist regime. Um, one of the few times where you really see them talk about the philosophies of this, uh, one of the things that they said, um, which I really liked, uh, I forgot the words, but it was like the axe forgets, but the woods remember or the trees remember. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really a fantastic quote. You like, you know me, like I love dialogue, I love quotes, and that was 
definitely a great one because it's one of those things where like when you look at history uh the oppressors rarely remember it but the yeah they don't because they're just like oh we just did what we do best we're great we're amazing and they completely gloss over the atrocities committed and what the people suffered through like that's absolutely true yeah but the people who suffered they they don't forget they don't forget history is written by the victors uh i would say history is written by the oppressors Even when they lose, they get to write revisionist history, like the British when they left, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's true, right? And the Russians and all the in America with Vietnam, like they'll lose and still write the freaking uh, history this pages. This is true. This is true. That's what I say. That's, all right. Um, yeah, but uh, that's a cool quote you mentioned because that's actually the title <laughs> of the episode: "The Axe Forgets." Yes, that is really really cool. Um, that guy, he was like writing a manifesto, and like I wanna, I wanted to hear him talk more. Like I want to talk about the philosophies of Star Wars and like the politics of Star Wars. Like that's what I love. One of my favorite lines of all time, of all time, like every single Star Wars movie, every single Star Wars show, every single cartoon, is the line uh, by Padme where she says, "This is how liberty dies," <laughs> with, with thunderous, thunderous applause. <laughs> Fucking. Best line ever, dude. Amazing. I love that line. Best line. I was I was sitting there watching the Trump campaign and seeing people clap for him being president, and that's what I, that's the line that I thought, well, okay, yep. this is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. Yep. People don't care. Like They just want the other side to get hurt. And, you know, they just want a strong person, even though they keep claiming they're against strong government. But here we are. I don't know. That's why I love Star Wars. I love the politics of Star Wars. Really <laughs> it's, it's it's a really great allegory for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Now let's talk about their plan because freaking they have this plan about what they're about to do with this mission, and they're like, "Hey, um, yeah, new guy. How do you? How would you get this plane lifted?" And he's like, "Wait a second. Do you guys not? Do you guys not know how to do this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay." Um, every penny that uh, uh, Luthen paid to get Andor here, or sorry, Clem here, yeah, uh, worth it. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. They worked it. They put the thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> Are you gonna do that every episode now? Like, I, I feel like every time we record, you mention that. It's uh, it's my gimmick. It's my thing. I always do it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Listen, people like it when you have like something familiar. <laughs> like yeah. Okay. 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 That's why wherever I that's why whenever I go and meet people who like actually listen to the show, they come up to me and go, Yo, 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 it's a lot of nerds. <laughs> the number of people I've met that have done that, man. Yeah. The the repetition is ha- it's called branding, baby. It's branding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we gotta make sure it's like yo 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 salam nerds. <laughs> I'm I'm the Kanye West of branding, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, yeah. So he's like, you know what? Listen, I'm going to fly this shit. I'm going to, uh, you take a seat. I'm going to handle this. And then I feel like this whole episode with slowly them starting to trust Clem more and more, a lot of the secrets coming out, a lot of the information being known, all everyone's cards are on the table. Uh, and now, you know, Skeen tells him a story about like, you know, what happened to him, his brother. His brother. Yeah. Right. And it's like, that's the closest you'll get to an apology. And I was like, yep, yeah, fair. <laughs> fair. Yep. I feel like men don't need to apologize. It's really just like, you can tell when a man apologizes without apologizing. 
Yeah, it's like that nod. All right, it's like the, a, um, just like it's just this connection men have. Like you, yeah. you can apologize to a man without ever apologizing to a man. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, and it'll be like, apology accepted, my bro. Give me a hug. <laughs> they only have to say I'm sorry. They'll say apology accepted. Yeah, man. Like, like, like this person makes this gesture, and you're just like, say less. Let's go. It's over. Mm-hmm. I got you, bro. Yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, man. Uh, we're horrible like, at communicating, but we're great at communicating with each other. <laughs> yeah, like our, our, yeah, man. I don't know, man. We're comp. We're weird. We're simple, but we're weird. <laughs> Like, that's like the worst way of saying like we're not gonna say i'm sorry but we all understand it's mean i'm sorry even though you're not using the same words ever you never say the words but somehow they know yeah <laughs> oh man um all right let's talk about how they got a double agent over there and we get to see a little bit of like how their plans are going where they're getting the oldest information lieutenant how Gorn. yeah lieutenant man uh what <laughs> a, how about him jazz tell us a little bit about him uh we want to know like what are your thoughts about like you know the character and stuff? Okay, so I thought it was really stuff. funny when they were like, "Sir, we're here to see the uh, the meteors on this planet. This planet sucks." And then he's like, "You know what? Fine, we'll we'll keep a very minimal crew, but I want this thing painted uh, day after." And he knows day after, none, none of them are going to be there. Yeah, and so yeah. he's like playing this game. He's like, and then like he's talking to the other people there who. You know, this one guy, I can't remember his name. He was there overlooking the uh, scenery. And he's like, you like the view? And he's and that guy actually hates the, the, uh, shit, what are they called? The locals, right? He hates mm-hmm. the locals. And so for Gorn to just talk to him so casually, even though he hates his guts, right? He's like a Slytherin. Yeah. And yeah. Gorn is in love with the muggle, right? And so obviously a Slytherin is going to be like, no, fuck, fuck the mudbloods, right? But gorn is like no fuck you like but he's like playing it very sneakily mm. i think he's doing a masterful job at deceiving the empire here yeah i agree fair fair mm-hmm. um yeah man um i don't have too much about going uh, about this episode i didn't do too much notes because i just watched it right before because uh, i've been at comic-con all freaking week so i don't have too much about uh and or uh what about you anything else that we miss Okay, so um, when Luthen was like freaking out about the plan, he was on his radio. Yes. So behind him, you can see the Sankara stones from Indiana Jones. Oh yes, that's somebody cool. on the show really likes Indiana Jones. Same way that I think they like Red Dead Redemption. No, it's, think... it's, it's it's a Harrison Ford reference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Ibi, yes, Andor is so good. Like Ibi, it's what's my up? favorite Star Wars show right now. Ibi's in the comments right now. Yes. Really, it's your favorite Star Wars show right now. I, I, a whole heart. Look, it's it's made for me. It's made for the nerds who know these little Easter eggs that are tying fifty thousand things back and forth. And you're just mm. like, oh, this is so cool. Mm, interesting. Okay, I still think uh, season one of The Mandalorian is uh, my favorite still. Um, but this yeah, is up, like this is up to there. The people who don't know like the lore behind it right yeah, yeah none of this will make any sense like this whole episode was made for someone like me it was okay. not made for like the casual viewer i wouldn't say i'm a casual viewer but like i i, I did miss uh, a few things here and there yeah you're not even a casual viewer but like even for you like this is for like the super nerds who love and breathe star wars that is that's who the show is for that's why i'm like loving it so much like I've seen all media of Star Wars outside of 
some of the canon books. Uh, I've read like two of them. Uh, I forget which one. Uh, <clears throat> but other than those, I have not read too many books about Star Wars, so there is a little bit of a gap there. But mm-hmm. definitely watched everything that is uh, in media form in terms of like video. Uh, but yeah, a lot of things were, were missed by me. Uh, but also I rushed through this episode, man. I had so much going on this week. Yeah. Yeah. This week's been wild for you. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a wild week for everybody, but, uh, and, or like just this episode, it it Mm. was Easter egg episode finale, like just Easter eggs for everybody. Um, there's one other thing I want to talk about if we're ending it before we end, I want to talk about. Yeah. And that is lady kira now Wait, she was in this episode what do you mean lady kira? <laughs> was, was there a reference there was a reference oh no yeah what's the reference tell us so crimson dawn right right you know what crimson dawn is darth maul it's being run by him right right okay yeah so <laughs> here's a very interesting thing about Lupin is that some of the things you see them, like they hint that he's associated with them in some way, not affiliated, like not on their side, but you know, he, 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 he he can have a connection there. And (laughs) it's, uh, she is now the new face of Crimson Dawn. And what's so cool about Kira is that she and Han Solo grew up together. Yes. We know that. Yep. Yeah, and so the comics, there's a new Marvel comic called Crimson Rain. They kind of expanded on this, right? And Kira has this very interesting holocron in her possession. So, mm. Wait, yeah. yeah the, uh-huh. Everyone might not know what a holocron is. That- a holocron is like a little device that, like, you know how, um, what's his name, security guy has one, he's looking at, uh, Cassian and or like yep. on it over and over. That's what a holocron is, right? And yeah. so they show it in uh, Rebels, no, not Rebels and uh, clone troopers, the Clone Wars. Yeah, they do have Sith holocrons, they do have Jedi holocrons, they have like lots of different types of holocrons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the reason I bring this up and it's that holocron being there, but also the fact that the comics are just now talking about her. I have a really strange feeling that maybe, just maybe, Amelia Clark will come on as Kira again from, like, she was Kira in the Han Solo movie, mm. that she will come on as Kira here in Andor either this season or next season. Oh, Jazz, you can't put that out in the universe. because I am putting it out, out there. What Amelia Clark out? is coming to Andor. I don't think so, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> I will be the first one to say it. <laughs> oh, Jazz. Uh, this is going to be like a like a Daredevil, She-Hulk thing again. Like, oh, no, everyone's going to wait for her. To... Like, I just want to enjoy this show for what it is. I don't want to look forward to any cameos. I just take. I just want to go on the ride. I just want to go on the ride, bro. My bad. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. Listen, if it happens, bro fantastic foresight fantastic mm-hmm. all right and you heard it here first on salon nerd season two episode 43 and or episode five that jazz claiming amelia clark is going to come to andor okay let's mm-hmm. let's we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on this um all right well that's all i have man you have anything else before we go 
Um, I'm glad they showed all the credits in their little, like, coin roll things almost. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They showed it. Uh, Gorn is brilliant. He's like, you know what? I'm going to clear out this whole base because mm. I love you guys. Not mm. because we're about to storm the base and steal everything, but yeah. because I love you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Amelia Clark, that's really the three things I want to talk about. Uh, I can't top that. I think we're good here with this episode. So, yeah. All right, man. That's awesome. Anyways, guys, thank you for joining us, and I can't wait till next episode. And until then, guys, salam, nerds. Peace.